love soap so much we scrub for fun We are wash your hands in time Yes, we are wash your hands in time Visit Wash Your Hansington where people wash their hands, cover their cough, and get the flu vaccine. This is the state of the evergreen and impeccable hygiene. We love it when our hands are clean. Wash your Hansingtonians are always friendly and germ-free. They love to give high fibers, not high fevers. We cover our coughs every single one. We are wash your hands in time. We are wash your hands in time. Wash your hands in time. Get vaccinated. Stop the flu. Brought to you by the Washington State Department of Health. Oh, what's that? What in the H-E double? Dad, what are you doing in my room? All right, where is this crackle in your room, and why are you going to a fest for it? Dad, those are just tickets for Crackle Fest 10 happening during the Emerald City Comic Con, live from the Hard Rock Cafe in Seattle on March 13th. Oh, it's that dork music you like so much. Nerd Rock, Dad. And this is the 10-year celebration of Kirby Crackle rocking those nerds. They're going to be playing the entire E for Everyone album. Here's one that I think even you'll like. Join this? Crackle Fest 10 will also see live looping and mermaid pop star Emily McVicker and all the way from Denver, H2 Awesome perform. Advance tickets $15, $20 at the door. Show starts at 8.30 p.m. For more information, head to kirbycracklemusic.com. <laughs> Looks like I'll need to get a ticket then. Why do you think I got two, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate the enthusiasm. <laughs> Hi. I'm here. <laughs> Hi, exclamation point. There it is. There it is. Just like the exclamation point at the end of H2 Awesome. There it is. You got to pronounce it. Come on, man. Uh, the most important part. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, folks, I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun as we get ready for uh, Crackle Fest. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Are we being recorded at this moment, Mike? Yes, I just hit record. Okay, great. Live from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, the only Sonic left in Seattle, Mike Seibert. Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline 231-224-MIKE Again, that's 231-224-6453 And right into the mailbag MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com And this week I'll be talking to members of Nerd Band Supreme H2 Awesome But 
as you no doubt have heard by now, Cracklefest 10 has indeed been postponed, along with Emerald City Comic Con until later this summer due to the outbreak of COVID-19 coronavirus here in the Seattle area. Um, and I, I know folks uh, will be listening to this from all over the country, but I am here in Seattle, and uh, there, there are times it's a little scarier than others. Um, you know, uh, obviously we're taking the precautions, you know, wash your hands and use hand sanitizer and don't cough on people and don't be around people that will cough on you and and uh, uh, things like that. But it, it's it's weird here locally, kind of like this weird sine wave and bell curve of paranoia we've had. Uh, uh, nobody can figure out why everybody keeps buying all the toilet paper. Um, don't uh, don't quite see where that and bottled water uh, seems to come into place. It's like we're not preparing for a hurricane. But the uh, when when we start talking about uh, quarantines and I, I I forget what it was the the governor said earlier today about like you know a uh, uh, social distancing or something like that it, it gets it gets a little weird and for my personal editorial it, it feels like we're um we're that one step away from becoming a a post-apocalyptic plague-ridden wasteland, uh, kind of like Escape from New York. I could see them uh, blowing up the bridges to Portland, walling off the uh, the border to Canada, and and uh, uh, bombing out all of the roads that lead up to the mountain pass. Because you know, with the Cascade Mountains, we've got basically kind of like a natural border to kind of keep the uh, Greater Puget Sound area you know the uh, west side of washington state kind of uh kind of isolated and and of course we've got the pacific ocean on the other side but you know what we got boats so we can uh, we can get out as well as airplanes but but no i just i i kind of feel like that that weird paranoia setting in sometimes that yeah we're, we're just uh going to become like uh like a no man's land plague island or something i i don't know that's that's just me but i uh i I, I dragged myself way off the rails because um, what what I was going to share with you is is uh, the update from Kyle Stevens of Kirby Crackle. Now he uh, uh, posted this Friday evening, March the sixth. Ironically enough, not too long after I published my episode, uh, my interview with Liz, uh, talking about um, uh, Emerald City Comic Con, and and I mentioned uh, the postponement and things like that. But anyway, here here's what Kyle wrote, friends. As I'm sure you've heard, Emerald City Comic Con has postponed its 2020 show set for next weekend to a to-be-announced date for the summer. Due to this, Hard Rock Seattle and Kirby Crackle have decided it is best to reschedule Cracklefest 10 to that later date. We came to this decision due to the health concerns and in keeping the integrity and quality intact that you have come to expect from the longest-running after-hours event during Emerald City Comic Con. Advanced ticket holders will be refunded via TickaWeb this following week. If you're disappointed... Please know that I, Kyle Stevens, uh, that I and the artists on the bill, of which I'm one, um, I'm going to start over. Um, if you're disappointed, please know that I and the artists on the bill for Cracklefest 10 are as well. But even more than that, we want to make sure we bring you the level of entertainment you deserve in a setting you feel comfortable in. 
AKA, no one wants to be at Sweaty Nerd Rock show breathing in multiple servings of COVID-19. Grandma does not approve. Uh, thank you for your understanding, and the boys and I will be taking this time to simmer that delicious Nerd Rock ah juice even more better uh, for your next Cracklefest serving this summer. Until then, we hope to see you at High Dive on April 5th, opening up for the Cybertronic Spree and MC Chris. And uh, that's that's going to be a killer show. I bought my tickets uh, day one. I, I've stopped reading the the quote, by the way, but I've uh, I bought my tickets as soon as they went on sale. I uh, I actually reached out to Kyle as soon as I heard uh, the Cybertronic Spree were announcing their tour. I was like, "Hey, man, any chance you're going to get on this bill?" And um, didn't hear back. And then I saw that MC Chris was added to the lineup, and then uh, finally I saw that uh, um, indeed uh, Kirby Crackle was added to that um, lineup as well. Because I mean, uh, uh, Kyle goes way back with those bots, and and they're uh, they're homies from back in the day. So uh, that is going to be a killer show. It's uh, it's no Crackle Fest, but I uh, I would have waited an eternity uh, to see Cybertronic Spree here in the Seattle area. I never thought it was going to happen, and they're doing the uh, uh, Party Till We Break uh, 2020 North America tour with MC Chris and uh, getting uh, support from Kirby Crackle here locally um, for that High Dive show on April 5th. So um, that's uh, that, that's going to be awesome. Uh, so that if you need to uh, uh, get your Kirby Crackle fix, uh, scratch that itch, uh, April 5th at the High Dive would be a great way to do that. And uh, uh, Kyle closes out his statement by saying, be well, Crackleheads. And as always, thank you for making nerd rock dreams come true. And I'd like to kick in my two cents in on that as well. Uh, when Cracklefest uh, inevitably reschedules, I hope that um, I will uh, continue to be invited to be your host and MC for that night. Um, it's a it, it's going to be fun um, and. I know that decision wasn't an easy one. I know I'd been corresponding with uh, with Kyle throughout the week, and you know we were having all kinds of conversations, like you know really. Um Kind of getting into uh, Reed Pop and Emerald City Comic Con's motivations. You know, I I threw out words like greed and hubris, and and uh, you know, and one of the other things I says, you know, it's um, for myself. I wasn't sure if I was hoping that the show would continue um, just out of uh, selfish vanity. Because, you know, I, I I was excited to host. I am excited for the show just as a fan, let alone as a participant. And I, I, I think I do think that I let my vanity and selfishness kind of kind of blind me a little bit. And 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 I knew there was something wrong because I was I was having trouble sleeping and it was it was really kind of eating at me. So once the decision was made uh, first for Emerald City Comic Con to officially postpone, and then shortly after that for Cracklefest uh, to postpone. Instead of being uh, upset or disappointed, I was actually relieved um, because you know I I just I I wasn't I wasn't sure um, how it was going to go, and and again that that decision wasn't an easy one because the right choice is usually the hardest to make and this is the right choice and I support Kyle 100% here. Now, as you listen to the following interview, 
you'll hear even more as to why this is the best choice for all of us um, to uh, to have Crackle Fest 10 reschedule. Uh, we will rebuild, I, uh, I promise. Um, and speaking of... Uh, stick around after the interview uh, because a series of local shops like the Retro Emporium, Fantasium Comics and Games, Page Turner Books, and more have combined their forces to bring you Puget Sound Pop-Up Con 2020 next weekend. Um, I'll have more info about that. But coming up next, it's my interview with members of H2 Awesome. But first, from their album Zero Charisma, here is a song inspired by The Dark Knight. Why so serious? And you're listening to Mike Seibert Radio.
um, where are you guys calling from? L.A. Oh, you guys are in L.A. now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We th- are. Oh, very good. These three members, these three members of H2 Awesome are in Los Angeles. Um, we have one member in Italy right now, and we have one member in Denver. Um, and then we have our two New York homies who are original members, but they're we haven't played with them in a while. Ah, so. But who gotcha. knows? You know. Um, but yeah. So we're yeah, the, us three. We're calling from Los Angeles. Excellent. Very good. I I uh, I had my geography mixed up for a second. I thought you guys were all calling from Denver, and I'm like, it's it's like midnight over there. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so confusing because we started out in New York. You know, that's where the band was formed, mm-hmm. and we played a good you know many years in New York from New York, and uh, and then. Uh, we sort of made this weird migration to Denver and then another, you know, and some people fell away and then we moved. We're slowly <laughs> migrating to the West Coast, but we're losing members as we go. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, it's, it, like the, uh, it's like the Oregon Trail. <laughs> there it is. The, the nomadic tribe of It's So Awesome. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta stay away from those dented cans, and you know, don't uh, don't try to ford the river. You know, fording the river right. never worked. It never worked. Yeah, no. dysentery again. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Well, very we cool. Made our way across the continent on podcasts and whale blubber. <laughs> Oh, that's that's amazing. Very, very cool. Before I, I get too far into rambling land, because I thought I was going to do a quick intro. Next thing I know, I'm just I'm just telling everybody's life story. Uh, why don't we go around the room and why don't you nice folks uh, introduce yourselves individually and uh, let us know um, who you are, what you do in the band. And we'll uh, we'll go from there. Sure. Um, I'm Jeff LaGreca. I'm one of the founders of the band and I sing and and uh, and um, play keys and string stuff. <laughs> well, I am, uh, I'm John Price. I, uh, I play guitar uh, in the band. Uh, I also founded it in our living room uh, with Jeff Greca in 2008-ish. Um, 2008. And, uh, yeah. yeah, 2008. Yeah, yeah. That's me. And I'm Suzanne Schlade, and I play bass. And I am not a founder of the band, <laughs> and I never was in that living room, but <laughs> I have been in other living rooms, and yes, yeah, so, so I joined the band. You, were you never know. in that living room? No. Never in the living room? I was never in that living room, uh, but I don't know when I joined the band. Uh, really, Suzanne? You were never in that living room? <laughs> I was never in that living room, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> the living um, room on 46th Street and 30th Avenue in Astoria, New York. That's where it all began. That's awesome. Well, well, Suzanne, you you are here with us now in kind of our uh, 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 cyberspace living room, as it as it were. <laughs> so, uh, uh, welcome to the show, you guys. Uh, you know, we we talked to uh, Jeff and John a few years ago when they uh, before Cracklefest 7 I believe it was so uh, I want to say about three years ago uh, but Suzanne you're uh, you're new to this uh, hanging out with us on the phone thing and uh, we're, we're really excited to uh, have you on with us as well um, thanks yeah I was at Crackle oh yeah that was three years ago I was there yes 
Yeah, so it was a blast. It was super fun. Excellent. And and again, we're really excited to uh, um, have you all back again. And um, so I, I guess let's start with, because, you know, every podcast is somebody's first podcast. Um, what is H2 Awesome? If, uh, if uh, um, each of you were to give me an elevator pitch about what the band is all about, what, uh, what, would, you, uh, what would you tell new listeners that, uh, that the band is all about? Um, I would say it is, it is a good question. Darn it. Only good questions. Um, I would say it's pure, unexpurgated energy shot out through your fingers and toes. <laughs> um, it's, it's fun. We've always just wanted to have fun with it. I think, um, there's kind of an, um, a release to get up and, and play. And we certainly enjoy each other's company. So oftentimes I think that comes across, you know, um, the, from across the, the footlights. But I think one thing too is it's so funny because there are so many like nerd bands are a thing now. But, you know, 2008 is when we started H2Awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think Kyle is around that time too. I think Kirby Crackle did too. And just kind of singing about things that you love that, that most people wouldn't consider songworthy was was really funny at the time, I thought. And so did John and, and other people, you know. And now it's kind of become, well, there's a lot of fandoms. But mm-hmm. not that we, not that it started then, because I know there was Nerdcore and other things. You can go back to 94 with, uh, um, with, uh, with what are they called? Uh, Nerve Herder. You know, oh, sure, yeah. Like that, yeah. You know, Um so it's not like we were any huge pioneers by any means. It's just it just seemed like there was a big sort of place for it, mm-hmm. you know, and then it sort of evolved. And I would say it's pop, punk, mayhem, and chaos. That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> See, Suzanne, I, I'm inclined to agree with you because having seen H2 Awesome perform, um, I uh, I can confirm um, R.I.P. Dwayne, the uh, the giant foam skull who uh, did did not uh, did not see the end of that crackle fest. <laughs> oh my gosh, Charlie! Char- Charlie, the explosion! Oh, um, well, we um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's hilarious, John. John, your turn. Man, I don't know. I I thought uh, Mike did a good job. You, would you call us riotous or rowdy? Is that rowdy? The scripture. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah, guys are I think the. That, that's a. I, I love it. And again, like like I said, you guys are the rowdiest nerd rock band I've ever seen. I've I've been to ten of these. Uh, well, I guess nine coming up on ten of these Crackle Fest shows, and and I've never seen another band bring so much manic energy. And I would imagine a, a lot of that comes from. I mean, I, obviously a lot of that comes from uh, Charlie, your front man, but also just there's so damn many of you. You guys are a big big band. I I. I'm still not sure how we fit all of you up on the stage at the Hard Rock, and I don't know how we're going to fit you all up there this time. Um, so, so, so I thought with that, maybe let's uh, let's talk about some of the other folks that are uh, that are in the band and folks that uh, might be making the trip up with you guys uh, up to uh, uh, Crackle Fest in a few weeks. Well, we're actually thinking of doing uh, what we would call a uh, mic as our sad set where we're just going to pare it all down to maybe a sad cello 
and <laughs> piano. And we're just going to do really all of our songs in a very minor key. <laughs> and I think we'll probably just sip, you know, cognac and, and cry a little bit. I think I we're going to change up our vibe. <laughs> we we did order special robes uh, to be worn uh, in, on stage. Uh, somber robes. Very somber robes. Um, so. Oh, my gosh. Somber. Just like Axel Rose or every rose has a thorn. See, roses in, in rock and roll go together Absolutely. everywhere. <laughs> um, let's see. Our other members that we're hoping are going to be there are Ian Smith and then Charlito, of course, Charlito LaGreca. But we're honestly a little bit concerned right now because he's in Italy and we're kind of waiting to hear back what what's going to happen with him trying to travel. So we're we're in a bit of a you know we might have a we might have to uh, you know um, enlist the uh, enlist um, yeah we might have to improvise. We're holding uh, yeah. open auditions. We're holding open auditions. In Seattle, uh, <laughs> March. Whoever 12, knows all the lyrics uh, come up and yeah. sing a song. Yes, uh, Our set we need might be an open audition. <laughs> so, so we might have um yeah who knows you know um it could be a, 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 a new version that you might see you know maybe we'll just prop up like a muppet there it is in, in charlie's stead if get, that happens get a get a standy or something you know one of those cardboard <laughs> types of things so not not to be like you know uh, super serious and super real to bring the the uh, room down, but is it is it having to do with uh, with uh, coronavirus stuff and like quarantines or something like that? Is it, I, I guess absolutely, yeah, it absolutely is. Wow. Um, so it's that yeah, it's the whole quarantining thing and all of that. So oh my gosh, we're trying to figure that out, but we don't have an answer yet today as of this recording. Sure. We'll probably have one in the next, you know, in the next, uh, um, day or so, but, um, you know, yeah, it's, so there you go. Right. <laughs> um, crazy, crazy. Um, so anyway, yeah, yeah. I mean, like pop tarts, exactly. I mean, like I said, I didn't mean to bring the room down, but it's like it's <laughs> it's a it's a very real thing because, like, I mean, I'm I'm in Seattle, and as we know from yeah. the news, you know the oh. the first folks that that have died from coronavirus are basically in my backyard. There are folks in the town that I live that that have uh that have been diagnosed in quarantine so it's uh, it's it's scary out there wash your hands people that's uh that that's my public service yeah, announcement. don't touch your face yeah yeah don't, don't touch t- oh no i was just touching my face <laughs> as you guys said that <laughs> i had my finger I mean, in my eye the, the biggest tragedy of all of the coronavirus stuff mm. is that in our act we do love touching the audience's faces just during a song <laughs> we get down and we touch a lot of faces and this year, we can't do it. <laughs> Dang. Can't do it. We can't do it. It's, you know, and we have various touch-your-face moments, like turn to the person next to you now and gently glide your outer fingertips down their cheek. <laughs> oh, man. In a very uh, loving way. <laughs> um, with consent. Yeah. Of course. Of course. So everybody wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. That's the thing. Yep. Right. 
Yep, sing yeah. sing the ABCs, sing happy birthday, do yeah, do something to where you're going at least twenty right. seconds. And now, sing why so serious, any of those songs. <laughs> right. <laughs> sing our song why so serious. I, I was gonna say last. that's that's a four and a half minute song. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Your hands is gonna and be your pruned. Hands are real clean. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so with that, um, so 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 it has been a few years since you guys have been up here uh, to Seattle for Crackle Fest. I, I guess uh, uh, one of the questions I'd like to ask you is, uh, well, what have you guys been up to the last few years? What's uh, what's been going on with H two Os? Well, you know the the biggest thing that we've done the last few years is we did play Comic Palooza last year, but we seriously, I think we're growing up. I think we've grown up and we've left. Neverland, um, not. But seriously, we've uh, we have played um, out, but usually like once or twice a year. You know, not as much as we used to. We're, mm-hmm. And we are all kind of trying to, you know, make some things happen. That's one of the reasons why three of us moved out to Los Angeles. Um, so um, John is trying to make it as a um, lounge singer. Um, I'm in. I'm. I'm working as a pole dancer, and <laughs> Suzanne is a neuroscientist. Um, yeah, the LA is big for neuroscience. I've heard. <laughs> um, everybody comes here. You know, Hollywood neuroscience. They go together. Absolutely. Um, but we we have played out. We played at Comic Palooza. Um, I don't. I think two years ago, and we did this kind of really fun thing in tandem with the Alamo Draft House, where. We played every Star Wars film as they opened, and that was a really great thing that we did a lot of. Um, and uh, so, like, you know, we would do, like, full Star Wars sets um, with the Alamo when uh, whatever. Except for the last one, right, guys? That's Yeah. Oh, it sounds like there's a story there. There's not. I wish there were. I wish there were a really good story. It's kind of like... Um, you know, it's not a very good story, Mike. No, but yeah. mostly everyone kind of left Denver at the same time. Oh, so our our buddy that was uh, the the guy that ran all of the events, he moved to Austin, and we moved to LA. Yeah, and so we kind of lost that contact. But um, it was super fun. We also played a thing called Science Friction, so they would play. Uh, like they played The Fly and Conan the Barbarian, and we. We played before that and stuff, so we had it. It was really fun. We we worked with them a lot. Um, well, that was a really fun thing when we did science fiction. One of the cool things we did was we would try to. So they would show science fiction was a, a film series, and every week would be a different film, like The Fly, nineteen eighty, is it eighty six? Um, and then we did, you know, like Conan, and we would try to write a song for every film as we came into it, and that was a lot of fun. And then we even rewrote the lyrics to uh, Rocky Horror, um, science fiction, mm-hmm. and we just added all. We had lyrics for every one of those. I should try to remember those for you. Uh, <laughs> and I, I can't remember any sure. of them right now. Do you guys remember any of them? Uh, no, I just I just played bass. There is, uh, keep talking and I'll think. Uh, Maybe it'll come back to me. I, you know? I, I, I love that though. I, I love Suzanne's answer. She's just like, yeah, I don't I don't remember the words. I just play bass. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like, I get asked to throw in a harmony every now and again, and then I just melt in the background and I just stare at John and Ian. 
Yeah, someone's got to lock mm. it down. Well, I I cry when Charlie takes off more clothing and we're still vamping on the same note and it bleed. My fingers bleed. <laughs> Just a single tear goes down my face. <laughs> Charlie we climbs all, all over the audience. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I I would say though that that Suzanne, part of uh, you know like uh, some of those uh, harmonies that you kick in is one of the things that makes. Um, H2 Awesome sound unique in that, like, you know, we were talking about uh, the song uh, Not uh, Why So Serious earlier, you know, obviously inspired by uh, the Joker and the Dark Knight and all that. But it's like it's 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 having those harmonies in there gives it a um, a, a different flavor and a different texture that uh, that for for my ear, at least, uh, uh, makes it uh, stand out quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, well, I know um, but we all have a pretty big background in you know just musicianship and just Mm -hmm. singing and stuff so when I met Jeff and Charlie we were doing an acapella show in New York um, called Minimum Wage that John was also helped out with as well so um, we we had to know our harmony so it was kind of when I jumped into the band it kind of just was like an easy like okay let's add another harmony here and let's do that and it was pretty seamless so Thank you. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. yeah. That is true. Uh, Mike, one of the additions when Suzanne was added into the band was that we really were able to layer our harmonies that much more, which was a really huge asset. You know, not to mention she's amazing. She plays like so many different instruments and she's very proficient at all of them. And she sings like a, like a, a nightingale. Wouldn't you say, John, a nightingale, I tell you. <laughs> I, I would say. <laughs> John always thinks of me as a nightingale, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I found the lyrics. Do you guys want to hear the lyrics? Sure. So the movies that were in the film series were Videodrome and Crawl and Dark Star and The Fly and let's see. So I like this... <clears throat> James Wood sat home alone watching Videodrome as Cronenberg messed with our minds. <laughs> and Princess Lysa was saved by Colwyn and his glaive. Cause you gotta be cruel to be kind. Then out on a dark star flown by John Carpenter from Twilight TV and Doubt. I picked the bad key. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum got by when he unbrundled his fly. Making Gina Davis scream and shout with a science friction. (laughs) Movie series. Blah, blah, blah. And then it goes on and on. Yeah. yeah. But you get it. And there were lovely puns there. Like, cruel to be kind. Yeah. For our millennials, for your millennial listeners, they probably don't know that film. But. They missing out. They should, because that that is a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> they don't have to miss out. That's the thing. You can find it on the intertubes. That's true. I mean, I mean, what does it say about this weird digital age that we're in? Is like, I mean, I think part of what what drives uh, nostalgia and nostalgia culture is like there's there was a time where you couldn't just 
call up a, a crawl on your telephone, right? You know, you would have to like go to a video store and then maybe that video store doesn't have it. I mean, there there's this whole arm of uh, availability uh, for media oh, that, that God, folks just yeah. can't relate with at all. It's so weird. I, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, that they're growing up with that. Uh, that accessibility that's really cool um I, but yeah it's it's also crazy what like if you loved something you had to go that much further into the forest to find it right yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i think that's what drives a lot of the nostalgia is kind of like the the quest for the forgotten you know it, it's just like oh yeah i remember watching that movie when i was a kid and oh man i found a beat up copy at a, at goodwill or something you know something like that kind of like you know that right. that that quest for something that that was lost that is now found and i don't know if kids coming up uh today you know will ever really have that because the internet is forever so i mean they they can find every episode of every show that they've ever watched and i bet you and i don't want to be a curmudgeon about it you know old man uh, shakes fist at cloud but i i wonder if that will kind of damage the uh their, their kind of sense of nostalgia in terms of like you almost have to be separated from something to be nostalgic for it if, if that kind of makes i mean i think that makes perfect sense yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I I work with a lot of a lot of uh, people in their twenties, and they definitely, uh, um, you know, I'll say like, oh, don't you remember, or haven't you ever watched? And like, they just don't have an attachment to to anything. Um, it's really interesting. I wouldn't say anything. All the millennials are like killer. Um, yeah. But but it is interesting. Like I think about all the movies from the eighties, and it's like I just I have such an attachment to them. Hmm. And I just don't know what they're. I attached. certainly, oh sorry, I certainly remember uh, getting my friend's mom to uh, rent Reservoir Dogs for us in like '95. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we were too, under, we were under 17, so we couldn't rent it. Uh, and then we watched it. Her, her, his mom just got it for us and didn't care that it was insanely violent. And an ear is definitely chopped off in that movie. Um, but. It like definitely made a huge impact on us, and uh, it's one of my favorite moments uh, from high school. Like it was, just, it was really fun. So. Yeah, and the, did she buy you Jack Daniels too, John? Did she buy you booze too? <laughs> no, we were Bud Light. We weren't able to go to the hard stuff. It was Bud Light. Sorry, you had Zima with a Jolly Rancher in it. You know you had that. Yeah, I was going to say Bud Light. That's actual beer. I mean, I, I uh, some of my high school memories in, uh, involve going up to Strawberry Hill on Boone's Farm. You know, that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. It's like, good Lord. Oh, yeah. Boone's Farm and Mad Dog 2020. Oh, man. Oh, that MD. It's like, what? There was something called Annie Green Spring that I remember, but I never partook. Sure. I just heard. <laughs> I was too busy in the forest looking for Indiana Jones. <laughs> ah, there it is. <laughs> um, but do you think there will be nostalgia for old internet? Like, you know, like the Numa Numa kid or the uh, dancing baby, you know? Like AOL? <laughs> like, yeah, kind of. Like, I mean, do you think maybe that'll be a different kind of nostalgia? The Star Wars kid? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's a hard one because I think it would just kind of depend upon 
uh, when folks became citizens of the Internet. Like like, for example, there, there I mean, there there's folks that, you know, have been born in the last you know, 20, 25 years that all of this Internet stuff was already there. You know, and and which yeah. is so wild because more like for for folks kind of in our general age group, it wasn't like that. It's like that we, you know, there's a delineation when there was no computers, or more accurately, computers were something that were like super science fiction, um, and you know, killer robots from the future and and technology gone amok and all that. To wait a sec, I can. I can uh, uh, talk to my friends on this computer thing. I can look up information and, you know, I could I could look at like, you know, pixelated nudie pics or something like that. Also, <laughs> you know, on, on the Internet, you know, you wait, you wait an hour and a half on your on your 56K modem for for the, that picture to gradually unbuffer. And it almost never does because that's when your sister decides to call her boyfriend and it interrupts the, the phone connection. <laughs> connection and 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 that and, all of that and and, and that's do you, do you do you remember though like i mean you're right because like when we were finally were able to start watching videos do you remember when trailers just started to come to the internet like yeah. i remember the the trailer for lord of the rings i think was one of the first ones one of the first big movies that they released the trailer online before they did the movie theater type thing. Mm -hmm. Well, Do you guys remember that? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. Well, and and yeah. I, and I I remember the uh, the trailer for uh, Phantom Menace, you know, for for Star Wars Episode mm. One being being one of like. I'm the... so sorry that you remember. That. I know, right? <laughs> I still maintain that that's a that that very first teaser trailer is actually a damn good trailer. It's like I I wonder. Sure, I, have. I agree with that. Yeah, I wonder what what that the... that's incredible. You're right about that. So 1999, Mike. Um, I'm living in New York City on 52nd Street and 9th Avenue. One of my roommates is my brother, Charlie, and we have another roommate. But Charlie is working in the bullpen of DC Comics with all of these crazy artists. Like, And we're still friends with a bunch of them. But mm -hmm. like, And a lot of them have gone on to do really cool stuff. But really crazy. I'm working my day job, and we decide to go see – so at the – at the Zigfield Theater, the word is out that they're showing the Phantom Menace trailer before a movie called Meet Joe Black. Oh, man. And it's a three-hour movie. So I plan my lunch break for, like, I don't know what time it was, like the 1 p.m. movie or the 1.30. Or it was 2 o'clock. I went and took my lunch at 2. Met my brother there was about 50 guys from DC Comics, 50 guys and girls from DC Comics. And we go into the movie, and the movie's kind of full, and it's weird. The Zigfield for a, a matinee, and they show that trailer. And when Darth Maul's lightsaber lights up, the place goes nuts. Yeah. The trailer finishes, and I swear, like, two-thirds of the audience gets up. <laughs> including us, you know, and it was just, it was this amazing experience that could have only happened at that time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. See, and, and you, you don't, didn't, you didn't stay for the cinematic masterpiece that was Meet Joe Black. <laughs> well, <laughs> I reading of Brad it. Pitt and Anthony Hopkins on the silver screen. <laughs> no, I had to go home. I had to go back to work. Right. I worked 
the rest of the day, the three hours, and then they were showing the trailer again after the movie. It was a three-hour movie. I came back to the Zigfeld, showed my ticket, went back in, and watched the trailer again. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And and that's Uh, something that just doesn't happen anymore, because now you can just beep-boop-boop-boop and bring up YouTube. And, you know, a lot of of these trailers I see on my phone long before I I see them in an actual movie at the movie theater. Um, Because, yeah, it's like I'll I'll be sitting there watching a real movie. I'm like, oh, hey, here's that trailer I've seen a million times already. That that's cool. It's it's just so weird. The internet is so weird. You know, one thing I don't love is, and I, I mean, they, they, people are going to do it anyway, and it's fine. It's there, but I don't love when they overanalyze the trailers. And I know that it's a, become a big thing. You know, not recent, not recently yeah. at all, but it's it's been around for a while. But I, I can't understand why where how people don't want to preserve that sense of discovery and letting things be mysterious until mm-hmm. you find out. Until the story's told, you know, like, like you know, trying to second guess what the story's going to be. I, I don't quite get that, you know. We tell stories to, you know, for so many reasons, and and to be told a great story, you know, like why wouldn't you pre- wait for that moment to be told that great story? Well, I I think we know the answer to that in that, you know, we're, you know, kind of like the inverse of the nostalgia conversation we were just having. It's it's all about instant gratification. So, you know, there's there's no we're in such an on demand culture that, you know, there there's, you know, no appointment for anything. And it's all just on demand at your fingertips at all times. And I think with that comes a certain level of uh, impatience and not really being um, into wanting to be enthralled in a in a good story like uh, you know like uh, you know previous generation. Yeah, it could be. We've become inured um, to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, I know that you know, and we've talked about this, Jeff, about going to the movies to see less of those big, you know, action movies and trying to actually like see something that is that we don't that we don't get so distracted from, mm-hmm. you know, seeing like an, an indie flick or seeing an art house flick and actually like paying attention and, you know, forcing ourselves to do that. Yeah. It, you know, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, you hear a lot about people saying, well, if I'm going to go see a, if I'm going to pay X amount for a movie, you know, I want to have my socks singed off. But the truth is, Suzanne and I went and saw Parasite. Suzanne, didn't we see it, like, right after it opened? Yeah. Yeah, and it was really, like, it was a really great film-going experience. Mm-hmm. And and then, the, you know, a year goes by, and it, yeah, you know, and it's suddenly it's the movie of the year. But it was really, it was really great to see that in a theater. Yeah, it, it's always a cool experience to kind of be on uh, the ground floor of something like that and to just uh, enjoy something divorced from the hype of it. You know, it's like, now, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm glad that, uh, that Parasite has received the recognition it does and it gets more people to watch that movie and i and i think that's that's what's great i guess you know of uh you know like having awards hype and all of that other stuff but on the other hand it's kind of sad that it takes that type of recognition to kind of kick folks in the butt to go see a movie like that 
um, and, right. and 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 to have those uh, um, smaller, more intimate uh, cinematic theater going experiences. Because yeah, I I agree with you guys. It's 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 frustrating that every movie has to be two and a half hours of just an explosion of your senses. I mean, it's like, I, uh, I, I like myself in Avenger Endgame as much as anybody else, but that movie does not need to be three hours. And I don't, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily appreciate the uh, precedent that that sets because it seems like runtimes are getting longer and longer and more and more bloated. And, you know, it, well, Mike, it does need to be three hours. If you're going to play the Phantom Menace trailer before <laughs> and after it. <laughs> Fair enough. See, that, that, that got us right out of that. You know, two, two tapes, by the way. Meet Joe Black was two VHS tapes when, uh, when that came out. On remember video. That. I remember yeah. that. That was Braveheart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Titanic. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. See, all, that's incredible. All, all um, of the all of this stuff plays and works out because you guys are in LA, you know, home of the film industry, and all all that other fun stuff. So it's it's all in context. It all works out. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, John, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, pimp John out or or toot John's horn. John just uh, got passed on to the second round of, is it, uh, John, help me out with it. Is it ATX? Yeah, ATX. It's a pitch fest. Yeah. Yeah, pitch fest in Austin, right? Yeah. For your, so John, for one of his screenplays, he just got, um, he moved to the second round with ATX, which is pretty cool. Um, Yeah. And Suzanne is doing all kinds of pretty cool things. Um, she's got an amazing voice and Susie just delivered a baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, congratulations. That's great. <laughs> Not her own. Okay. <laughs> Not no. my own. No, yeah. I deliver babies. I'm a doula. Oh, so I okay. didn't deliver my own baby. Well, but, um, but even so, congratulations. That's awesome. Help, <laughs> help, help and bring life into the earth. That's that's wonderful. Is that the ultimate doula challenge, like to deliver your own baby? Like, is that when you achieve maximum <laughs> I mean, level doula? I will say that NBC has actually pitched that to me, the ultimate doula challenge. Uh, we're in negotiation. Yeah, and delivering your own child um, is the finale. It's kind of like Ninja Warrior, yes. but you just wait for it to, like, drop out, and then you have to catch it real quick. <laughs> right, right, right. Seriously. Seriously, there was hesitation when I said, Suzanne, but that's because she does so many amazing things. And she did just do an episode of The Orville where she was in full-body cool makeup. Can I talk about this yet, Suzanne? I don't know if I can talk about it yet, but um, (laughs) she did that. She plays in several bands, one band of which is our Game of Thrones band, which John, Suzanne, and I are in, but Suzanne headed that one up. She's the front person of Daenerys and the Targaryens, which we did all kinds of really cool stuff with that band, Um, but she's headed up that band, started that band. Where, Suzanne? And where, what? Where did we start Daenerys and the Targaryens? That started in a different living room, Mike. That was in uh, <laughs> another Astoria living room, but just not the same one. <laughs> I, I can understand. That sounds really coincidental. I can understand the confusion from before now. It all makes sense. 
Yeah, I I just I needed to have a living room experience. There are a lot of living rooms in Astoria, New York. Clearly. (laughs) You know if you knew that. Apparently. Mm, All sorts of things are happening in living rooms. Clearly. Yes. The answers to the answers and solutions to the universe. (laughs) Instead of you know how in the in the seventies and eighties everything was happening in a garage with Microsoft and Steve Jobs and Mac. Now in now in the what the two thousands it was all happening in living rooms. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and now it's, now it's probably all happening in bathrooms. So we just moved to a different room of the house. That makes sense. Well, I mean, I I just uh, I just remodeled a bathroom in my new house, so that that seems oh, that seems totally appropriate. <laughs> Very excited about about that opportunity for what adventures may uh, may await. Oh man! So um so. So uh, uh, following up on some of the other stuff that that you guys were just talking about, you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, various side projects. Um, Are you guys still doing uh, Rock Comic Con? Um, No, not really. We kind of we did 10 Rock Comic Cons as well. And we started Rock Comic Con around the same time Crackle Fest started. Um, I think we were um, I think we were in October of the year that preceded because Crackle Fest is generally in the spring, and we were the October before that. But Kyle was at our first Rock Comic Con, so Kirby Crackle played that first Rock Comic Con. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, we're going to sound like old in my day, but what was really cool back then was we did that first one at a place called Sullivan Hall in New York in in the Village, and it was very well attended, but it was one of those things, Mike, where um, you go to a Comic-Con now, anyway, one of the big shows, if you go to any of the big shows, you know, they all have all this nighttime entertainment now. They have all these nighttime panels and things. Yeah. Back then, you know, around 2000, I think it was 2009 or 2010 was the first Rock Comic-Con, um, was, uh, you know, there wasn't anything going on. It was like once the floor closed, everybody went, you know, and got food and, and who knows, you know, there might've been a movie or something here or a private party, but mm-hmm. now there's, it's very, it's very much changed. Now there's quite a bit going on usually, you know, but we're, we're, who knows? We might re, re, uh, revive it at some point. Awesome. Well, and that's uh, that's actually what I was going to lead to is kind of uh, in, in a sense I, I'm I'm looking to see if I could get a little bit of gossip because I know we're we're celebrating ten years of Nerd Rock here in Seattle. You know, it's Crackle Fest ten. Um, you guys, H two Awesome, uh, played that very first Crackle Fest. Uh, Kyle Stevens and Kirby Crackle played uh, uh, played Rock Comic Con also. So you guys go all the way back to uh all the way back to the beginning and and even before um so i i don't remember if i asked you all this uh, a few years ago uh, last time you guys were on the show but how um how did you guys and kyle uh meet up and first get acquainted and from that um do you have any uh cool embarrassing stories about uh, uh, uh about mr crackle <laughs> <laughs> How did we meet him, John? I think I actually met him first at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, I think the year 
after we started Ishtar Awesome. Like we started Ishtar Awesome in the summer of 2008. Uh, and then that 2009 San Diego Comic-Con, I think I met him and uh, Jim uh, there. They were tabling. Mm-hmm. They had just started Kirby Crackle. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, oh, hey, we just started a nerd band too. And so we just had a conversation. Um, and then later when we decided to do Rock Comic-Con, we just reached out cold and we're like, hey, do you want to come to New York and play the show? Um, and they were into yeah. it. So, and then I think that's the first time we actually yeah. met in person was at the, at the show. Well, were you in San Diego with Charlie? Because I'm pretty sure Charlie was, was probably there. Because um, I feel like you guys knew them before I did. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, what ha- do we have any embarrassing stories about Kyle and Kirby Crackle? <laughs> um, um, what happened on tour? Did we have anything weird happen on tour? Um, he could only eat if every single person on tour was staring at him. <laughs> like, we all had to stare at him for him to eat anything, like a sandwich, <laughs> chips, all stuff we were doing and just stare at him. <laughs> and he referred to himself in the third person at all times. Absolutely. It was really weird. And we had to call him Mr. Kirby Crackle. Of course. And we would say, Mr. Mr. Kirby Crackle, like another donut. Mr. Kirby Crackle would like another donut like that. Right, and then we would all stare at him while he ate the donut. Yeah, as as he does the Guy Fieri watching me eat type of thing. I I could. Yeah. That th- yeah. this all checks out. This all seems legit. Slow. He he's an incredibly slow eater. Just small little nibbles over and over again for a long time. It was. It was a very weird experience. It was like a '60s French. Uh, um, Fellini film. Sure. <laughs> Fellini was a French, but who cares? Right, right. Same difference, I I guess. No, it's not the same difference. That's terrible. <laughs> so, um, let's uh let's talk about uh talk about uh, a little bit more about uh your music. Um, have um I I I remember when you guys were up. For Crackle Fest last time, uh, three years ago, Crackle Fest Seven, um, you had uh, you debuted a new song. Um, so, and as far as I can recall, I, I kind of like combed the internet. Have um, have you guys recorded any uh, new music recently? Have you put anything um, uh, new out? We haven't. We put out a couple of singles after Zero Charisma. So Zero Charisma was our first big album mm-hmm. or what do you call it trying an ep or an ip or an uh op lp it's lp yeah yeah LP. it's a full length i had so many letters before i got to that one ha. um <laughs> um so we did that and then we released there was the um um the rosy doctor song um wibbly wobbly song we did released as a single um and we have a, we have other songs that we just haven't recorded, you know. Um, we might maybe we might end up playing some. Hey, John, here's some news to you. We might end up playing some new songs. <laughs> um, Great. Um, <laughs> at least we can rehearse here in Los Angeles. Um, but uh, yeah, we haven't we haven't recorded, but we have a couple of uh, little strays out there like that. The singles, Very you know. Cool. Good stuff. We did. Um, we we presented. I think we have a Hulk. That song, the Hulk just want to dance with the world. Yeah, I think was the new one that, that we played uh, a few years ago. But we haven't had a chance to record that. You know, 
And like I said, there's several in the in the drawer that just haven't seen as they may have been performed, but they haven't been recorded. Ah, gotcha. Very cool. All right. Well, we are talking to members of H2 Awesome. We've got John and Suzanne and Jeff here on Mike Seibert Radio, and uh, we are talking about Crackle Fest 10 or Crackle Fest X. Uh, X going to give it to you. That is going to be uh, Friday, March 13th, 2020, coming up very, very soon. Uh, show is at 8.30. Doors are at 8. That is at Hard Rock Cafe in Seattle. Uh, that that's on Pike Street, Pike Street, just a couple blocks away from Emerald City Comic Con at the Washington State Convention Center. Uh, tickets are fifteen bucks in advance, twenty dollars at the door day of show. So uh, um, share with your friends and save a buck or two, and and buy early and buy often. Um, and uh, um, you know what, folks this this has been a, a huge blast uh, catching up and kind of learning what uh, what H two Awesome has been up to and getting super nostalgic about uh about vhs tapes and and uh meet joe black and all all that other uh uh, cool fun stuff um but before uh before i let you all go and we part ways for now and go our separate directions until uh crackle fest uh i i have um i have a series of questions and i don't think i had uh, refined these when I interviewed you guys a few years ago. So I think this might be the first time getting the Mike Seibert radio uh, interview, uh, job interview questions uh, that I'm about to ask you guys. But before I ask you um, uh, those last couple questions, um, could you let folks know uh, uh, what what you guys, uh, are you guys bringing anything to Crackle Fest? Because I, I remember, like, uh, I, I know Charlie's done, like, some, like, individual, like, artworks on, like, CD packages and things like that. Um, do you guys have uh, merch or tchotchkes or um, anything to sell while uh, while you've got a table there at, uh, at Crackle Fest? We do. We've got, um, we'll have some of our CDs of Zero Charisma, um, and we're going to have T-shirts. Um, handmade, beautiful handmade, wouldn't you say, Suzanne? Oh, yeah, they're like, they're like Chinese silk kimonos, Japanese silk kimonos. Oh. No, they're not. Right. They're oh. wonderful, though. They're just like that. You like to wear them on the soft parts of your body. They feel that good. Um, and I will be at the merch booth, and I will tie your shoe for you. If you need it. <laughs> so if you're at the <laughs> show, your shoe comes untied, you can walk over to me and I will tie your shoe for you. And as John ties your shoe, I will tell you a pun or a fun dad joke. <laughs> I love it. Um, um, we will have some recordings and we'll have T-shirts. Um, you know what's weird, though, is do you, the whole thing of what media do you sell your merchant? You know, like... I know Paul and Storm a few years back, I was talking with them about, like, they would, you know, sell, they just stopped selling CDs and would just sell thumb drives. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool, you know. Um, We're just going to sell thumbs, because why not? (laughs) (laughs) I've only got two to sell. Maybe that's why people can't tie their own shoes. There it is. (laughs) You you need those digits. You need those opposable thumbs. You need those thumbs. Yeah. (laughs) You do. You really do. Cats can't tie their shoes. Dogs can't tie their shoes. Oh, it works out. Makes sense. 
Very cool. Well, that you can, so, still, you can still vote though. You can still vote without them. So go vote. That's what I want to say. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I want to tell you, Mike. Uh, and this sort of relates to merchandise. So we don't know. We're working for it. I don't know if we're going to make it. Um, but I was hoping to have. So one of the things that Charlie and I have been working on is putting out. We're putting out a comic book this year. Oh, cool. Um, it's called the Burger Boy Adventure Chronicles of Adventure, um, and uh, um, but we don't we don't know if it's going to be ready. We were really shooting for that weekend. Like I said, there's so many things happening right now, so we were hoping to have a preview uh, issue of that. And there's another one that I'm working on with a really great artist named uh, Brian Essig Papard um, called Deadstone Tales, and it's a cowboy horror anthology. And I might have preview issues of that also at our merch table. So that's a possibility. Um, I'll tease it. And if it happens, awesome. And if it doesn't, you know, Suzanne and John will be there tying shoes. So. And, and, and distributing Wait, puns and, and dad jokes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love <laughs> distributing it. fun. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Mandatory fun. Oh man. So, uh, so the, so the last thing I'd like to ask you guys, and, uh, these, these questions, I, a lot of my previous guests have gone back and told me that they feel like job interview questions. So, uh, so bear with me, but I think, I think, I think we'll get some, uh, fun answers from this, uh, rowdy group that we've got here. Okay. So question the first, uh, so I'll just, I'll let you know what all three of them are and then we'll loop back around. Um, basically what has been, uh, your biggest challenge as a band, um, and maybe get into a little bit of how you might have overcome some of those challenges. Uh, two is what is the ultimate direction for the band? Uh, I also, uh, um, kind of call that AKA what is the dream? And then finally to round it out, what advice you would have for folks that want to pursue their own creative interest, whether it happens to be, you know, uh, doing a band or doing art or anything else like that. Basically advice for the, for the young kiddos that are, that are listening to a NSFW podcast. Um, so, but basically let's loop back around and, and, uh, let's, uh, let's kind of talk about, uh, challenges that, uh, that you've encountered as a, as a super group. I mean, I haven't had many challenges with the band. Um, they're like brothers. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's been many challenges for me, apart from what I mentioned earlier about Charlie disappearing from the stage and then you're vamping the same note and then your fingers bleed and then you yeah. cry. But other than that, <laughs> I mean, that's not even a challenge. Um, so, Yeah, that's actually a really good uh, point. Like the... The challenge would be, you know, we are, as you mentioned, pretty rowdy on stage, and I think there's a lot of energy we bring, and I think part of successfully doing that is trusting each other on stage, and so I think learning that process and, like, learning that trust and sort of connection, and, you know, we often tell each other to make sure we lock eyes before we're doing things so that everyone's on the same page, so the rhythms of that are really important to learn, I think that what is definitely a challenge with any sort of very energetic sort of performance, uh, I think can get off the rails really quickly. So, um, I think that was a, definitely a lesson we've learned. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think one of the challenges is playing, you know, finding time to play together. It's of course become even harder now that we're in different locations, you know? So hence that's why 
we perform like twice a year <laughs> or every 10, 10 years with Crackle Fest. Um, you know, I think that's always a big challenge, but I, that I believe is a challenge for any band, you know, in any, in any form. Gotcha. So, uh, so moving on to the uh, second question then, and uh, I, I'm, I'm always interested in, in this one, especially for bands that have been around for a while and are more established and more veteran, but what's, uh, what's the ultimate direction for the band, and by extension of that, what's the dream? Oh, we've given up. That's the message. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think there's always offshoots you know, and ideas and, and, um, but yeah, I mean, there, there is a, there is a, it is a little hard. I mean, with, you know, Charlie's in Italy and, you know, there's three of us here, which is great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's always, a, there's always something to write about and there's always something fun to do, but who knows, who knows mm-hmm. when H2 Awesome just keeps rearing up and playing again randomly. Maybe in your backyard. Well, I think that is definitely, or living room. Um, I definitely think that Uh is um, one of the things that I think we like so much about the band is that when we get to go play cool places like Seattle, um, we have a real fun time. Um, Even even not knowing exactly what's the next thing we're doing, it's, you know, always these things have come up in cool ways, and we've always been receptive to that. And I think uh, Seattle has been a very nice place for us to play. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Uh, the people there are really, really awesome, uh, and they treat us very well. So we're psyched to go back and play. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think one dream would be for me personally would be um, to play for Jessica Alba. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I, I would prefer Jessica Beale. Um, um, I mean, it would be it would be fun if somebody you know if if uh, if an old if an old head nerd band was like, hey, do you guys want to open for us or whatever? You know, that would be cool. Um, I know that yeah, some Targaryens right? there's with those what? <laughs> Wait, and I'll, really seriously, I think one of the things for H Awesome is just. I don't know what the ultimate dream is. I think we kind of all look at it as a fun thing that is part of life, but it's not, you know, we have other things happening and we haven't been able to make it the thing, you know, but I would say this, it is anytime we get to play in front of a crowd that gets like a nerdy crowd, that is always just a big treat. You know, Um, um, we had something happen with Daenerys and the Targaryens which was a really cool thing. And it was, we did a night of a thousand Khaleesi's and everybody dressed up as Khaleesi that night, including the band and everybody. And we had like a hundred people on stage dance around and those kind of moments of just unbridled revelry, I think are fun. That's cool. And, and again, that that's what, kind of the signature of H2 Awesome is. It's, you know, kind of like the this controlled, rowdy chaos where everybody is just having a blast. It's, uh, uh, again, I, I um, it, it's funny, kind of kind of flashing back a little bit. I, I remember when I when I interviewed you guys uh, uh, three years ago, and, you know, you're telling me about the band and telling me about the music and telling me about, uh, about Charlie and how, you know, flamboyant he is and he's, you know, kind of like, 
uh, David Bowie by by way of Pee Wee Herman. And I'm just like, I, I don't I'm not I'm not sure what I make of all this. And then when you guys played, I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. And yeah, it was just uh yeah, one 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 of the funnest crackle fests uh uh ever. Really, really enjoyed that show. Um so I used to explain it like this when people were like, Oh, what's your live show like? And I was like, from on stage, my my appearance of the show is you start playing and the whole audience, if they've never seen this before, is very confused. Yep. Uh and then they're like, Okay. And then like halfway through the set, they're like, All right, I'm into it. Like and they then by the end they're very into it. And it's like a so many shows I've like charted that that progress, um, and it's very entertaining for me up on stage. So, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've been hit in the face with a microphone, or tripped by yeah. a mic cord, or pushed off the stage. Yeah, <laughs> it's a... there's always there's always weird things that happen. Ooh. You have to sign a waiver to be an H2 awesome for sure. I would imagine. Thank you. I think I broke the toilet. Oh, no. I'm laying with you from the bathroom. <laughs> That's a typical H2 awesome moment. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so, uh, so, so last question I had for you guys, I mean, just, you know, kind of, kind of bring it all the way back around. Uh, what kind of advice would you have for folks that either want to form their own bands or, uh, pursue their own creative interests? Cause you know, I, I, I talked to all kinds of different folks, you know, like, uh, uh, comic book artists and, you know, podcasters, and all kinds of, uh, I mean, independent artists kind of taken on a few different forms in like these last few years of me doing, uh, podcast so i've gotten all kinds of different uh, uh responses but yeah i was just kind of wondering what advice you have for the kiddos do it all yeah man. Don't yeah. just choose one just do it all and just enjoy doing it i mean that's what we do and it's exhausting but it's you know it's uh it's always fun it's always mm-hmm. creative and always reinventing yourself and seeing what you're capable of and um, you don't have to just be one thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would, I agree full-heartedly. And doing, um, there's a great saying, what is it? It's um, uh, vision without task. Task without vision is drudgery. So if you're just doing something, but you don't have any vision behind it, it's, you know, and then, but, and vision without task is, you know, airy there's nothing to it so you have to combine the two so have vision and don't be afraid of getting dirty and just figure out a way to make something happen you know i think what's what's funny lately you know the whole thing about millennials how everybody loves to bash millennials and to be honest i think millennials are pretty awesome i think they've they they see some things that a lot of generations haven't and one of them that i see is that they are really into experiencing life. Like, you know, I'm just going to do all these things because the way, you know, uh, real estate has changed, you know, the way people used to go for that house right away or whatever. And a lot of those things, those dreams have changed. And so experience it. So if you want to play, if you want to draw, if you want to paint, if you want to sing, you know, whatever it is, you want to do math, and if you want to launch a spacecraft, um, do it, you know. Well, and and it feels to me, and again, this this is kind of getting to weird cross generational lines. But what what I what I've found with my interaction with uh with I guess the millennials, or actually no, a lot of folks that I've 
dealt with are more uh, Gen Z folks. Um, you know, coming from that that college radio background, you know, I've I've been around folks, you know, in like their late teens, early twenties, mid twenties, uh, that kind of thing. But what I've found is that folks like that seem to uh, look at life's experiences like a buffet. Like, I'll do a little bit of this, I'll do a little bit of that, I'll put some of that on my plate, put it off to the side for later, and, man, make your way down the line. Whereas I think previous generations is more off the menu. It's like, I I need, you know, this. You know, th- this is my main entree, this is my lane, I need to stay in it. Whereas, um, yeah, I, I, I think, Jeff, a lot of, a lot of the stuff that, that you're saying about just kind of like the, the freeness that uh that that our younger friends get to experience in ways that that quite frankly uh we haven't yeah it's it's very interesting yeah right um i yeah and that's what you see i think that you know it's to be honest and suzanne i think will agree with me is that you know being artists and writers we're all writers and artists and creators and songwriters you know and and doing that for decades now it's like we've always been living that gig life, you know, of, and all of a sudden they're talking about this gig economy now. And those of us who have always been there have always been like, uh, it's always been like that to Mm -hmm. go from, you know, point A to point B to point C, you know, to keep bundling things together in order to keep moving forward. And I just think millennial, these new generations, millennials, generation Z, you know, they're just, it's, it's part of their life too, whether they're, the art life has sort of become the life, I guess. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I, I do see an appreciation among them more for, like, try, getting past, you know, a lot of those superficial qualities that I think past generations were kind of sold on. You know, mm-hmm. that you have to, in order to feel like you've accomplished, you have to do or have these things. And, and I think that, you know, they're more about, you know, quality of life. Yeah, yeah, I I concur. Um, how about you, John? Uh, uh, advice for the kiddos? Yeah, I'll just echo what everyone else said. I think just finding a way to do it, right? Like yeah. finding a way to utilize the access and things that we have at our fingertips and, you know, go to film school if you want to, but you also can have film school on the internet, right? Like there's so much stuff there. And as we talked earlier about like access, you can watch any movie that mm-hmm. has existed at any time. And like, uh, use all that stuff and just go out and do stuff. I think it's, we live in a time that's obviously weird and right now, like <laughs> difficult for a lot of people. Um, but I think uh, finding ways to channel all that into creation is always uh, positive and uh, a lot of good art comes out of tough times. So uh, go out and do that art. Absolutely. Well said. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely. And and we have been talking to members of H2 Awesome. Um, and uh, before uh, before we part ways for now, could you let folks know uh, where we can find you on the Internet and how we can connect with the bands out on the social medias? You can find us at our website, h2awesomemusic.com. And we're on Facebook and Twitter and are we on Instagram? I don't know. We're at, at H2 Awesome um, on Twitter and Facebook anyway. And um, we have all of our music is on Bandcamp. We're on all the other ones too, iTunes and all that. But we're definitely Bandcamp. If you 
choose to patronize us, please go to Bandcamp because that's the best deal for us. Um, Very cool. But is there anything I'm missing, John? Spotify. Um, Spotify. Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's, I think we're spaceship. on adult friends. You can hear us on spaceships. <laughs> on spaceships. And we are on adult friend finder. Does anybody remember that? Oh man. I remember that joke. Yeah. That was, uh, that sounds creepy. That sounds so creepy. <laughs> it is creepy. It is totally creepy. But it was a joke that we would always it tell was a every show. Time, then. It was a different time. It was a different time. It was a different it was time. The time of the Numa Numa kid and the dancing baby. <laughs> the <story> days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter, uh, John S. Price, J O N S P R I C E. I'm also there on both those places. Cool. Very good. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff LaGreca. Um, Suzanne? Um, you can find me um, at on Twitter, uh, and it's at Battle Pussy. <laughs> oh, yeah, Battle Pussy. So we didn't even talk about Suzanne's other band. Oh, that's for a whole other conversation, but that's my Twitter handle. So Okay, very good. I'll, I'll, I'll hold you to that. We we may have to have another conversation at a different day uh, to uh, to unpack all that because uh, color me intrigued. <laughs> very good. All right, well. Uh, Mike, we'll, we'll see you at the show, right? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm hosting the show, uh, so, so I'm hoping I'm going to be there. I, I, I know I was, I was pimping that out there that you're hosting the show. I was excited about that. Yeah, I, I'm really excited. It's uh, it's uh, it's my second year. It's it's interesting because like you know I I've been promoting kind of a, a Crackle Fest a, as a fan and as like you know a radio person and a podcast person for for a number of years now, uh, probably uh, uh, going back to 2015 if I remember correctly. But um, but yeah, you know a couple years ago I got to talking uh with Kyle and he's like, hey man, would you would you like to uh, host the show? Um, I could use a little bit of help with, uh, you know, with just kind of like, you know, keeping the trains running on time and, and things like that. And I, I was incredibly honored and flattered and, and, uh, had a really good time of it last year. And I'm, I'm really excited, uh, for, uh, for the opportunity this year. It's a, it's going to be a ton of fun. Yay. <laughs> Ray, fun. All right. Well, um, well, well, folks, this has been an absolute blast. It's been a real pleasure. I really um, appreciate all three of you uh, uh, taking time out of your busy schedules to uh, uh, chat with me um, about uh, H2Awesome and Crackle Fest. Again, that is going to be on Friday, March 13th at the Hard Rock in Seattle. Um, and yeah, for more information about that, head over to KirbyCrackleMusic.com and those those uh, Kirby's and Crackles are both spelled with K's, so uh, uh, make sure you get your spelling done there, or you can just uh, click on the link in the show notes. I'll have that available for you as well. And um, and I think that'll about do it for this week's episode. For Mike Seibert Radio, my name is Mike. I'm John Price. I'm Suzanne Slade. Me llamo Jeff LaGreca. <laughs> and until next time, make good choices. Bye. Missed last week's episode? Have trouble remembering that hot take you heard? Find it all in the full archive on SoundCloud.com by searching Mike Seibert Radio.
unfortunately, as of this recording on a, a Sunday afternoon, I think Charlie LaGreca is still under quarantine in Italy. Um, I, I haven't heard back from Jeff recently, uh, but we all certainly wish him a safe and expedient journey back home soon. Um, now, with Emerald City Comic Con postponing, there has been a void left in our geek economy. Um, you know, shout out to uh, Dyer and Northwest Nerd. Um, I, I just, I like the word. I like geek economy. It's, uh, it's cool. Anyway, um, uh, there, there are several of my friends uh, that have banded together to kind of fill that gap. Puget Sound Pop Up Con 2020 will feature several local comic and collectible shops here in the area, including the Retro Emporium and and Page Turner Books in Kent, as well as Fantasium Comics and Games in Federal Way, that's where I buy my comic books, as well as others potentially. Now, um, it's it's Sunday afternoon. Uh, things are coming together faster than I can mention here. Uh, but I can tell you that as of this recording, there are Facebook event pages set up uh, that I have added to Mike Seibert Radio Facebook. Uh, so that's probably the quickest place uh, to where you can get the latest updates until I'm able to get another episode out uh, potentially later this week. Uh, but as of right now, Fantasium Comics has posted uh, hours uh, of a 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Sunday, uh, March 15th, with appearances by Fracking Bombs, Bruce Brenice, illustrator of Weird Epic Landscapes, and all-around cool dude Travis Bundy, uh, the illustrator with the coolest hair in the scene, as well as a costume contest to cap things off, too. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. Hopefully, I will have more info for you in the next few days. And uh, a shout-out to uh, Shadow Producer Nick for... uh, uh, just uh, just burning up the messages on uh, Saturday. He was getting in touch with uh, with me and Greg and and the folks at Airways Brewing and Ethan HD and the folks at Destiny City Comics and and uh, um, uh, Renerdish Pod and uh, Grit City Podcast and a bunch of other folks. I'm not sure how involved all of those folks will be but it was a uh, it was really exciting to see uh, uh Nick kind of do his thing and and like uh like I was talking about a few weeks ago with my interview with Greg it's like you know I I think I think Nick kind of looks at all of us here in the scene is almost like like a chessboard and he's like the game master just moving all of the pieces together he's like be friends all of my friends need to be friends and I I think it's I think it's really cool to have uh somebody like that out on the scene and and nick is just such a cool dude i i love kicking it with them um and uh, uh real quick before uh before i close out here i do want to give a huge shout out to producer dave sanders for making all of those awesome crackle fest uh promo spots you've been hearing uh during the last several episodes and i also want to give a, a huge special thanks to andrew and benny for lending their voice talents as well uh, much love that was a uh that was that was a lot of fun i I basically uh, kind of gave Dave some rough notes and kind of let him run with it. And then like he'd run a little too far and I'd be like, well, hey, how about this? And, you know, so we would, uh, you know, it, it was a really fun project to collaborate on. But that's uh, that's all him. That's uh, that's all him doing his uh, uh, production thing. So, uh, um, again, a huge thanks to all those folks involved. And you know what? The uh, the cool part, one of the uh, upsides about Cracklefest uh, postponing for this summer uh, rescheduled is that we're probably going to make another one of those uh, promos as well. 
well when that time comes as well. So uh, uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, but that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Five stars, please. Leave the feedback. It always helps. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders for Mike Seibert Radio. My name is Mike. And until next time, wash your hands and make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production. Visit Wash Your Hansington, where people wash their hands, cover their cough, and get the flu vaccine. Wash Your Hansingtonians are always friendly and germ-free. They love to give high-fivers, not high-fevers. We love soap so much we scrub for fun. We are Wash Your Hansington. Yes, we are Wash Your Hansington. This is the state of the evergreen and impeccable hygiene. We love it when we love it when our hands are clean. We cover our coughs every single one. We are wash your hands in ton. 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 Get vaccinated. Stop the flu. Brought to you by the Washington State Department of Health. Whoa.